0: Welcome to worship at Salem Alliance Church. Let's join Steve Fowler, lead pastor, as he begins.
1: Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Lord, we celebrate you. We worship you today as the immortal, invisible God, the incomprehensible, mysterious, majestic God who reigns supreme over all things. Who has known no beginning, who will know no end. And yet, Lord, we gather in his place knowing that you, you know us. You know us as a family of believers here in this place at Sam Lions Church. You know names, you know circumstances. You know the joys, you know the pains. You know the disappointments, you know the hopes. God, we are a grateful people that you might be our God. And we declare to you that you are the one true living God. There is no one. There is no one like you. Be honored today, Lord. Be lifted up. We pray this in the matchless name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, we're continuing in our series on uh, Jesus uh, this weekend. We've been talking about Jesus now in this Bible study series that we have been in and really looking to, to well, looking through the eyes of his first followers, allowing these, these encounters, these interactions that these first followers uh, had with, with Jesus to, to paint a picture for us. And as we've been talking every week, you, you've heard me say, you've heard Barb say, heard Steve and Josh say that, um, that we need to let the, the pages of Scripture tell us, paint the picture for us of who Christ is. There are a lot of opinions about who Jesus is, but the ones that, that matter, the ones that, that flow from the pages of Scripture, and we want to be a people who are, who are rooted and established in the Word, in the Spirit, and knowing that, uh, that this Christ is the image of the invisible God. That if you want to know who your father God is, if you want to to get a picture of who your father God is, all you need to do is look at his son. And you will see who your father God is. And you'll see what makes him smile, you'll, you'll see what makes him weep. And we were looking at these stories, allowing these pictures to be painted. Last week, we looked at a pretty weird story uh, about a demon-possessed man. And we, we talked, we, we've been asking the question, if that person was here and they were sitting here and talking to us, what picture would they paint for us? And we talked about this idea that, that if, if that guy were here, he would say, he's the Christ who sets you free. He's the, he's the Christ who releases you from bondage. He's the Christ who releases you and, and, and emancipates you to walk in freedom. And this week, we're looking at a story found in Mark chapter 10. If you want to grab your Bibles, we're going to read this story here in a second. Uh, Mark chapter 10, if you didn't bring a Bible with you, you'll, you'll find one in the pew rack in front of you, and you'll find this particular story on page 1003. And, um, and we're looking at a story of a, of a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And we're going to look through his eyes uh, at, at Jesus. And, and even as you're going there, as we talk about a, a blind beggar, you, ha- you need to realize... That for this guy, uh, that, that, well, he is, he, he, all he sees is darkness. All he sees is, is blackness. He's, he's never ever been on, uh, out in the countryside, you see tall green grass and the wind is blowing and the grass is bending over, sort of swaying in the wind. You can just see the path of the wind blowing its way up a hillside. Uh, It's a beautiful sight. Bartimaeus has never seen something like that. He's never seen a sunrise. He's never seen a sunset. He's never seen the skies painted with color. He's never seen a clear blue sky. He's never seen a a sky with with fluffy white clouds. He's never been there to watch waves crash on a beach. He's He's never seen a beautiful woman. He's never seen a proud, affirming look from his father. He's blind. All he sees is darkness. All he sees is blackness. Enter his world for a second. Do me a favor, close your eyes. Close your eyes, and then um, take your hands and put them over your eyes and, and try and block out as much light as possible. We're going to dim lights here for a second. Just keep your eyes closed, put your hands over your eyes, and just feel the darkness. Feel the blackness, because this is where Bartimaeus lives. This is where Bartimaeus has every conversation. This is where he eats. This is where he begs. This is Bartimaeus' life. You can open your eyes. We'll turn the lights back up here. This is the place that Bart... He lives in this darkness and this blackness, yet as we read this story, what's going to happen is he's going to encounter Christ. And Christ is going to give him his sight. Stand with me as I read this story. And if you would follow along, that would be great. This encounter where this blind beggar meets Christ and gets his sight. Then they came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is God's holy word. You may be seated. Let me begin now, just just a question. What does it take to be noticed by God? I mean, what does it take to be to be noticed by God? Maybe you've come in the room today, and and there's this this internal anguish, or maybe there's this this thing you've been praying about, or just this pain in your life, and you've been crying out to God, and you're wanting to get His attention. What does it take to be noticed by Him? You're unemployed, and you want a job. Uh, You're you're in a marriage, and it's kind of rocky, or or you're in that algebra class at school, and uh, and that kids keep he keeps picking on you, or you're in financial distress. Uh, whatever it is, what does it take to get God to turn his face to you, hear you, and answer your prayer? Do you need to pray longer? Do you need to pray louder? Is a certain way you're supposed to behave in order for God to hear you and and to to respond to your cry? What does it take to be noticed by God? Now, as we look at the story and as we enter into the story, We're going to answer that question because here we've got a guy who's blind, blind for years, and he is going to have a moment when Jesus Christ is passing by, and he is going to cry at the top of his lungs to be noticed by God. Now, you need to know that Bartimaeus, his life consisted of likely being carried out to a roadside every day place in a spot where he is going to beg day in and day out. That's how he's going to make his living. I grew up in the city of Hong Kong. Uh, busy street corners, often with beggars, people that were lame, um, handicapped, born that way. Uh, people who uh, had escaped out of China. Back when I was a kid, they escaped out. They'd, they committed a crime there. And if, if they had stolen, you'd see them because their hands would be cut off. They would just have these shorter arms. They'd be sitting and they'd be begging because they couldn't work. Uh, Relying on the tenderness and compassion of those passing by, that they would have mercy on them, that would give them some money, give them some food, something. I've also seen blind men and women sitting at a corner, crying out, begging for mercy. This was Bartimaeus' life, sitting on this roadside. He couldn't see anything, all he could see was this, this darkness, but he did have his ears. And my guess is that he heard the stories. He heard the stories of people passing by telling, uh, telling accounts of a, of a rabbi who was different. A rabbi who taught with authority. A rabbi who did miracles like no other rabbi could or had. His name was Jesus and he was from Nazareth. You've got to think that when, when the first miracle started to happen, that when, when people started hearing about it, the news sort of traveled from, from uh, hamlet to hamlet, village to village, house to house, friend to friend, telling the stories of, of perhaps this, this man who we, we knew was just a little bit odd, and, and when Jesus shows up in his village, he, this evil spirit, this unclean spirit, shrieks and cries out, and Jesus casts this, this spirit out, the, and this man is set free, and everyone's astonished. And the news would travel all through the countryside. And perhaps Bartimaeus, as he's sitting at his roadside spot day in, day out, begins to hear the story. And, huh, that's interesting. And then the story is told of, of this lame man. He's born lame. His, his feet are just are gnarled. And, and Jesus, he, he has mercy and touches him. And, and he's walking now. And that story sort of, sort of goes through the, the countryside. And then there's the story of this guy who's a paralytic Maybe it was an accident. Maybe something happened and he he was paralyzed. Maybe he was born that way. But he has friends who are carrying him on a mat. And they want to get him to Jesus because they've heard the stories as well. But Jesus, he's got this crowd around him. It's hard to get access to Jesus. But these friends end up carrying his, their paralyzed friend, they go to the house where Jesus is, they see it's just filled with people, and what do they do? They go up and they tear the roof open and let down this man who's paralyzed right in front of Jesus. Tell you what, that story would have made the news. <laughs> and maybe that story just sort of traveled all around and Bartimaeus heard that story. And then there was the leper, the untouchable, who has to cry out unclean and he's crying out now, not only unclean, but Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus is passing by. And he not only has mercy, he passes that invisible boundary that you're supposed to keep between someone who's unclean, someone who's diseased like he is. And he walks over to the leper, and now he comes close, he places his hand on the leper, touches him, unthinkable, and says, I'm willing to heal you. And this man's leprosy, the incurable disease, is cured And this story had to travel like wildfire throughout the countryside. And there is Bartimaeus hearing the stories day in, day out about this rabbi named Jesus. And don't you think he has to be wondering? Don't you think he's just waiting, anticipating one more story? And what story would that be? Could this Jesus... Restore the sight? Could this Jesus open the eyes of someone who is blind? And then the story is told. It's an odd story. Jesus uh, standing before someone who's blind and, and he's going to heal. He ends up spitting in some dirt and making mud and then putting this mud on this guy's eye and, and then and healing him and this, this man can see. And I have to imagine that Bartimaeus is saying to himself, I don't care how he does it. I don't care what he puts on me, but if he can give me my sight, I want to see Jesus. And he waits by the side of the road for the one day when Jesus will pass by so that he can cry out and beg for mercy, and maybe, maybe Jesus will notice him. We really need to take a time out in the story here because this, this is such a, a basic truth, but an important truth to the faith. Bartimaeus is blind. He lives in darkness. He's never seen any proof of these miracles. He's never seen any evidence of these miracles. He wasn't there when the woman was in the synagogue and her withered hand grew out in front of everyone. They got to see it. The stories were told, but he heard the stories, and we know, because we read the story, that Bartimaeus believed them, believed them to the point when Jesus does pass by, he's screaming at the top of his lungs for Jesus to notice him. All Bartimaeus has are some stories about Christ, and he has embraced them, he has believed them. He's believed these stories. And perhaps you're here today, and you've heard the stories of Jesus. Maybe you've been in, in, in services over these past few months, and you've heard the stories of Jesus. And my question to you, if you haven't believed, is why not? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for some kind of proof? Are you, are you waiting to see with your own eyes? Maybe you heard last week, you, you heard the stories of people who were being baptized. Baptized. Who told compelling stories of transformation, of how they've turned to Christ and, and how Christ has transformed their lives. Or the week before, the Unite testimonies on our Unite weekend. You've heard the stories of Jesus. Have you believed? And maybe you're here and, and you're thinking to yourself, well, you don't know me, you don't know what's happened in my life, you don't know the pain in my life, you don't know the destruction in my life. You're right, I don't, but here's what I do know is that's exactly who Jesus embraced. He embraced the rejected. He had dinner with thieves and robbers and prostitutes, the rejected traitors. He embraced them. He welcomed them. And your faults and your failures don't disqualify you with God. And the scriptures are full of stories and where Jesus embraces those who've failed. Bartimaeus, all he has is, is the stories that are being told throughout the countryside of a rabbi who's teaching and ministering with power and the incurable disease is cured, the lame are walking, the blind see, and he's positioned by the side of the road waiting for his opportunity, just hoping. My guess is he's praying that one day Jesus will walk by on this road and he'll be able to cry out for mercy. And so there he is in this one day. There's this great crowd that's moving from Jericho to Jerusalem. And it was, you need to know, it was common in those days that when a rabbi would teach, they would not only teach in houses or synagogues, but when they traveled along the way, along paths and roads, they would teach as they walked and their disciples would gather around them and they would follow along with them and and they would teach and talk all along the way. And so it wasn't abnormal for a crowd to be moving by Bartimaeus, but what was abnormal is this was a large crowd. This was a crowd that was kicking up a lot of dust. This was a crowd that was making a lot of noise. There was a lot of chatter. And we know from reading the story in some of the other gospel accounts that that it it got his attention and he asks a question, who's passing by? Who's passing by? And, and someone tells Bartimaeus, it's Jesus of Nazareth. And here's his moment. And, Naz- and, and, and Bartimaeus is sitting there and he begins crying out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And someone in the crowd begins to, to try and silence the man because uh, he's becoming to be a little bit of a nuisance. In fact, it says that they, they told him to shut up, to be quiet. One of the words used in this story is that they rebuked him, meaning that they warned him. Maybe they said, if you don't be quiet, this is going to happen. It also means to instruct him, meaning this isn't how we do that. We, we don't behave this way. They, they, were, they were telling him to be quiet. You're a nuisance. You, we're warning you. This isn't the way it happens. And And... By the way, isn't it interesting how that is when you exercise the faith that you know and you put it into action? You see, if your friends are saying that you're always making wise decisions, you should be afraid. Because faith often will put you in places where you make a decision that puts you in great question. Have you lost your marbles? Haven't you done the math? Don't you know that this doesn't make sense? And oftentimes, when you, the faith that you know that you put into action will put you in a place of risk. And that's what's happening here with Bartimaeus. He's he's stepping out in faith, he's crying out to Jesus, and the crowd is saying to him, Be quiet. You're being a nuisance. We're warning you. This isn't appropriate. And then, as Jesus is walking, and Bartimaeus is. Still crying out because even though the people are telling him to be quiet, he just shouts even longer. Why? Because he's believed the stories of Jesus and this is the moment he's been praying for. This is the moment he's been waiting for. Jesus is passing by and he's screaming at the top of his lungs, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And what does Jesus do? He stops. He stops. He does that a lot. You ever notice that about Jesus? He He stops at all the wrong places, for all the wrong people. And let's not forget, he's on an important mission. He's a busy man. He's ministered in Galilee. He's moving from Galilee to Jerusalem, and he's going to the cross. This is his mission. He's going to the cross to pay the sin penalty of every man and woman, every boy and girl, This is why he left the glory of heaven so that he could offer his life as a substitutionary sacrifice for you and for me. That's why he's on this road. And yet he stops because he hears the cries of a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. And he says to those around him, call him. And here's this crowd who's been telling him to shut up rebuking him, warning him. And now they're saying to him, cheer up, it's your lucky day. It's a good thing you were shouting, he's calling you. Isn't that just, <laughs> isn't that just how it is? One moment you're a fool, the next moment you're, you're brilliant. It's your lucky day. And, and, and like the disciples who leave their nets on the uh, side of the, of the Sea of Galilee, Bartimaeus likely leaves the only thing he possesses, a cloak, and he walks over blind to Jesus Makes his way over there, and Jesus asks a question that he frequently asks. He asks a question that actually he asks 15 verses earlier in the book of Mark to two of his disciples. Two of his disciples that see Jesus, that see God sort of as this this sort of genie in a bottle, that if I can nuzzle up close to him, I can get the things that I want. And what they want is position and power, and so they ask Jesus, they literally go to Jesus and say, Jesus, we're going to ask you a question, and what we ask you, we want you to say yes to. Parents in the room, you ever had your kids come to you and say, I want to tell you something, but you can't be mad. And as a parent, you go, I'm going to get mad, aren't I? They literally preface this question, Jesus, we're going to ask you a question, and you give us whatever we ask. Like Jesus is Santa Claus. Like Jesus is some genie in a bottle that if you you ask the right question, you'll get what you want. And and they ask for seats on the right and left of, of his throne when he's in the kingdom and he says, no, that's not for me to determine and my father determines that. Jesus won't be manipulated. Yet here he is asking the very same question to a blind beggar. What do you want me to do for you? I wanna see. I wanna see. All I see is darkness. All I see is blackness. I wanna see. And Jesus says, Go. Your faith has healed you. And in that moment when Jesus speaks the word, Bartimaeus' eyes open. And perhaps the very first thing he sees is the face of Christ there staring at him. I picture with a smile on his face as he's watching this miracle take place right before his eyes. He's seeing Bartimaeus look at him and seeing him for the very first time. And perhaps then Bartimaeus turns to his side. He's felt the warmth of the sun all his life. But now when he looks towards the sun, he has to block it out because it's too bright. And now he'll, he'll be able to see his hands as he's wiping tears of joy away from, from his face. He's looking at his hands for the very first time. He's seeing dirt. He, he, he'll see what, he can, what he's going to have for dinner. <laughs> he'll see his mom. He'll see his dad. He'll see his brothers and sisters. He'll see grass. He'll see trees. He'll see blue sky. He'll see Jerusalem for the very first time. He's been healed. What does it take to be noticed by God? You had to think, Bartimaeus is sitting on this roadside for years, years, hearing the stories, and just praying that today would be the day. Maybe you're here today, and you've been praying for years. Perhaps you're here today. Years and months you've been praying, God, have mercy on me. And Jesus is passing by. And by the way, you do know that Jesus is still asking the question, what do you want me to do for you? He's he's asking that to you. What do you want me to do for you? it's, It's just... Incredible contrast of a God who we've sung about today, who's immortal, invisible, incomprehensible, who questions God, who's been his counselor? Who does God owe a debt to? He is He's all powerful, all knowing, all present. He's He's incredible. There, there we lack words to describe him. He's just so impressive. Yet, on the other hand, he's so intensely personal. Matthew chapter 10 says he knows the number of hairs on your head. For some of you, that may not seem so impressive. (laughs) But, you know what I mean. Matthew chapter 10, it says he notices when a bird falls to the ground. But he's so busy, he's so big, he's so incomprehensible, he's so majestic. How is that possible? Because he's God. And maybe you're here today thinking, well, he asked that question to other people, but he wouldn't ask it to me, and I want to tell you, you're dead wrong. That's the whisper of unbelief. He is the Christ. He is the Jesus who would say to you, yes, you, What do you want me to do for you? You see, in this this passage, we really are taught a very simple truth. We're taught that, I'll just confess to you, last night I was coming to church and I was thinking, man, this is just such, this is one of those stories, it's just so simple. It's, um, Lord, isn't there some just kind of unique way you want to do this? Isn't there something new about all this? And, and, and even as I'm driving to church on Saturday night to go to the first service, I'm dealing with my own unbelief. <laughs> that God still does the miraculous through simple truths, foundational truths, that Paul would put this way, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, we live by faith, not by sight. That word live means to conduct your life, to walk the pathway. We walk our pathways, we conduct our life in such a way that we walk by faith, not by sight. In the context of this story, we live our life like Bartimaeus. We don't have all the answers. We don't see everything. We don't know how it all is going to add up. We don't have the last chapter to the book. We don't see how this is going to amount to any good. We don't find any hope. We're we're wondering if God is paying attention to everyone else, but he's forgotten me. But no, we live by faith. We conduct our life in such a way that we believe without seeing. We're like Bartimaeus. And what does it take to be noticed by God? God. Faith. Simply faith. Faith that, that when I pray, and by the way, when, when you pray, do you know that's an act of, act of faith? Praying is an act of faith. That the words that you would speak would be heard by this powerful God. Prayer is an act of faith. Faith is praying and knowing that God hears and knowing that God is responding whether it happens in a moment or whether it happens in a decade. He is the God who hears your cry for mercy. And perhaps you're here today in this room. You've been crying out for years, waiting for Jesus to pass by. So you could cry out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And today Jesus is saying to you, what would you like me to do for you? If Jesus were to ask you that question, what would you say today? How would you respond to him? Because he is the Christ, who's not too busy carrying out his mission to hear your cry. He sees, he hears, he listens. Let's pray. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, right where you're at this morning. I want to give you the opportunity to just interact with with Jesus himself. And if you want, you can just put your hands out, palms facing upwards, kind of a a posture of receiving. You don't have to, I find it helpful to me when I'm praying. and, And there's a cry in your heart. And Jesus is saying to you today, What do you want me to do for you? Would you just speak your request, your your cry to him? Yes, he's asking you. Not the person next to you, not the person in front of you or behind you. He's asking you. He knows your name. What do you want me to do for you? Perhaps there's just a great sorrow that just weighed you down, a loss of someone you love. And the weight is unbearable. And you want him to lift it. He hears you. Don't be afraid to speak all that's on your heart. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe you're here today and in the past there was an abortion and you just, you know that God forgives and yet it's just, it's just weighing so heavy on you. He's the Christ who forgives and removes all guilt. Let him speak to that pain in your heart. What do you want Jesus to do for you? Maybe you feel like a failure as a parent. And you want him to help you parent and to rescue a son or daughter. He hears you. He's the Jesus who hears your cry.
0: You've been listening to Steve Fowler, lead pastor at Salem Alliance Church. If you've enjoyed this message, we'd love for you to be our guest at our worship service on our main campus at Fifth and Market Streets in Northeast Salem. Worship services are Saturday at five and six thirty p.m., and again on Sunday at eight, nine thirty, and eleven a.m. If you'd like to receive a free Bible and more information on how to become a Christ follower feel free to call our office at 503-581-2129. We'd love to know how we can serve you. And once again, that's Salem Alliance Church at Fifth and Market Streets in Northeast Salem.